to the promised land. This is the moment that we have all been waiting for. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, in Exodus we see the children of Israel are in bondage. And as they are in bondage in Egypt, God sends Moses and Aaron and He uses the plagues and He delivers them out of Egypt. And we all know the great story of how He worked the miracle at the Red Sea. And so that all, of children, all the children of Israel crossed through the Red Sea on dry ground. I believe it was dry ground, not muddy, muddy ground. Amen. I believe if he can make the water stand up, he can dry the dirt too. Amen. And they walked across on dry ground. And the Bible says that they came to the other side and Pharaoh and his army chased after them and was trying to take back control over Israel. And God closed the Red Sea and drowned the enemies of Israel. How many of y'all are thankful that God will protect you just like He did Israel? Amen. Amen. And by the way, if we're talking about application, let's think about this for a moment. Pharaoh and his army tried to do it the way Israel did it. I want to say this right here. This is something God gave me, and you might like it, you might not. But just because somebody else did it, don't mean it. you need to do it. Amen. Hey, y'all ready for this? Just because somebody godly did it doesn't mean that you need to do it. Amen? Amen. Pharaoh said, oh, look, they, they did it. We'll be fine. Let's chase after them. And that was not the case. So just because somebody else did it don't mean you got to do it too. Amen? And so they, they, they leave Pharaoh, and, and, and just like the, the children's Sunday school teachers always taught, if you'll read your Bible, this is what it says. And the bodies washed up on shore. It actually says that. But we don't tell that to our kids. I don't know why. But anyway, the bodies washed up on shore and, and they take off into the land that God has promised them. An 11-day journey that took 40 years. Are y'all with me? An 11-day journey that took 40 years. I heard one preacher say one time, it took, uh, uh, what, what's the saying? It took one one day to get the children of Israel out of Egypt, it took 40 years to get Egypt out of the children of Israel. Amen. And so the children of Israel are, take a lot of time with this short little journey. I wrote down, your delay sometimes is because of your disobedience. The reason that they had to stay in this wilderness for so long is because they did not trust the Word of God. God said, I've given you this land. God said, you can conquer. You can do this. And they came back, and they started talking about grasshoppers. If y'all know what I'm talking about, say amen. All right? And so as they, as they make their way through the wilderness, as they, as they wander, as they wander, I'm going to say it again, as they wander in the wilderness, they kept saying this phrase, we should have stayed in Egypt. I wish we'd have just stayed in Egypt. How many of you know they was lying? This is what sin does to you. It makes you start looking at things and lying to yourself. It, it makes you start looking at... How many of y'all know sin will blind you? Amen. Say amen. amen. If you've ever worked with teenagers, you will know this. Love will blind you too. Amen. amen. And some of these kids, I say, why are you with this person? I love them. Oh, my Lord. My blood pressure's going up, so I'm going to move on. Amen. Sin blinds you. Moses dies. Their leader dies. Let me say this. Some things in your life may have to die before you can move on. Joshua steps up. 
Joshua steps up. The reason he was able to step up and be a leader, Brother Johnny, was because he was great at being a follower. God will never put you in a place of leadership until you learn how to submit yourself to leadership. Amen? The Bible says that he was Moses' right-hand man, and Joshua steps up and becomes a great leader. And it's time now for the children of Israel to step into Canaan land. Now, Canaan land is not a picture of heaven. Canaan land is a picture of what, Bible college students? Huh? It is not heaven. Canaan is not heaven. It is what? A victorious Christian life. Okay? Many of our old songs, they, Canaan land, talking about heaven, that's not, that's not right. Okay? Canaan land is, let's just say it like this, the will of God. Think about the children of Israel. What was the will of God in their life? Canaan land. He promised Canaan land to them. This is the problem. We all have been promised the will of God. But many of us are wondering. Many of us are taking 40 years for our 11-day journey, if you know what I'm saying. Many of us are being disobedient when God says go, we say no. Many of us, God's saying, I've given this to you, and the devil's so good at making you fear that you're just happy in the wilderness. Let me just say this. The wilderness is not the will of God for your life. The wilderness was not the will of God for Israel. Canaan was. Now I want to stop here and say this. In, in typologies, as we're looking at this to apply this to our life, okay? What in typology happened when, e when they left Egypt? They got saved. We get saved. This is the picture. Everybody seeing the picture? Egypt is a picture of sin. We are the children of Israel. Okay? We are delivered from sin. That is what? Salvation. Somebody say amen if you're thankful that you've been delivered from sin. Amen. We sang the song just a little while ago. Amazing grace, my chains are gone. I'll never forget the day when Jesus saved me. All right? December 31st of 2005, I can take you to the exact spot. I can point to the piece of carpet that I knelt down on. I remember it like it was yesterday. So in typology, we're out of Egypt, so that means we're what? Saved, but we're still in the wilderness. This is what I'm trying to get across to you tonight. You can be saved and be in the wilderness. You can be saved and not be in the will of God. Are y'all with me? I'm trying to make sure everybody understands this because everybody thinks, well, I'm just I'm saved. I got saved. I went down to the altar. I filled out a card. I prayed with Brother Robbie. I'm good. All right? That's not the will of God. The will of God is now for you to take the salvation that God has given you and share it with others and move and do what God has called you to do. And when God says go, you go. And when God says move, you move. That's the will of God. But so many people are happy in the wilderness. As we are growing in our church, how many are excited to be a part of Calvary Baptist Church right now? Amen? I am. I, wouldn't rather, I would rather not go to any church ever again besides this one. This is the one. This is my church. Amen. I'm excited about it. Every single week I see, I see more and more people coming. New faces here and new faces there and people walking out. Do you realize how rare that is? 
Do you realize how rare it is for a church to keep the baptistry full because we have so many baptisms? All right, do y'all realize how rare that is? Most churches drain the baptistry after every time they use it. We keep the water in there because we use it so much. Do y'all realize how awesome that is? God is doing a work at Calvary Baptist Church, but here's the thing. We need your help. And Calvary Baptist Church needs your help. And not only Calvary Baptist Church, but mainly God wants your help. God has something for you to do. I promise you, He has something for you to do. But this is the problem. A lot of us, we get saved and we're so thankful we got out of Egypt. And we come and sit on a church pew in the wilderness. Right? Joshua chapter number 3. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful chapter. Because we've been reading and reading and reading about wondering and wondering and wondering. And we finally get to chapter number 3. And the Bible says God tells Joshua, hey, let's go to the other side. We're finally here. Amen. This is what I want to preach on tonight. It's time to move forward. It's time to move on. You've been in the wilderness long enough. Some of y'all, when y'all hear me say wilderness, you think I'm talking about a trial. When you, think, when you hear wilderness, you think I'm talking about you being lost. I'm talking about you're wandering around outside of the will of God. That's what I'm talking about. So maybe I need to stop saying wilderness and just say, hey, you're out of the will of God. Maybe I just need to point blank and just say it. Now, I'm not talking about everybody in here. I know there's some people in here, and you're serving, and you're doing great. And I'm not just talking about at our church. There's things that God has called us to do outside of this church. Amen. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Are you doing it? Are you doing it? Are you stuck in the wilderness? Are you stuck outside the will of God? Don't stay there. How can we get out of this? How can we get out of the wilderness? How can we move on? How can we cross into the next chapter of our spiritual life? Number one, we must completely separate ourselves. Verse number three, the Bible says this, And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests the Levites bearing it, then shall you what? Remove from your place and go after it. In other words, you must remove yourself from the wilderness and step into the will of God. In other words, you must step out of, number one, your concern or fear. And you must step into the will of God for your life. The reason it took Israel so long to come out of the wilderness is because they were fearful of what was on the other side. And God has already promised it to him. And just like God has already promised it to the children of Israel, he's already promised that he was go he's going to be with you in, in God's will. He's going to be there with you. What are you concerned about? What fear in your life is keeping you on this side of the river? Amen. They had to completely separate from their concern. They had to completely separate from their complacency. This is what they probably said. We're out of Egypt. That's good, right? I'm saved. Why is this guy yelling at me to get busy? I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. They told me I could never lose my salvation. No, you can't lose your salvation, but how selfish is it for somebody to have the cure to a sinful disease and not share it with somebody else? It's not just enough to get saved. You're going to go to heaven. I promise you, praise the Lord. But do something while you're here. Amen. 
Get plugged into your church. Go outside the walls of this church and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the will of God. They had to completely separate, lastly, from their comfort place. A lot of times people don't want to get involved and step into the will of God and do what God wants them to do because it's not comfortable. I can just hear the children of Israel saying this. I don't know if I want to cross into God's will. I've been in the wilderness for 40 years. I've learned how to survive over here. I know what it takes to live over here. I don't want to step into a new place with new terrain and not know what to do. Are y'all hearing me? Is your, comf- if you, is your comfortable, that comfort place that you're in, is that keeping you from God's will? Are you afraid of being uncomfortable for God's will? Number two, I'm moving right along. We must completely separate, but number two, we must confront our sin. We must confront our sin. Before we could ever move into the will of God for our life, we must confront our sin. You can't move on into God's will until you get rid of the sin that's in your heart. Look in verse number five. The Bible says, And Joshua said unto the people, look what it says, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. A lot of people are saying, hey, when I get into the will of God, I'm going to start acting right. A lot of people are saying, when I get into the will of God, I'm going to start, stop doing this sin that I've been struggling with for years. Listen to this. God is never going to move you into the next chapter in your life until you conquer the last chapter in your life. The reason God has you in a wilderness is to teach you something and to help you conquer something in your heart and in your life. And as long as you don't address that, don't expect to move into the will of God. For us to move into the will of God, we must sanctify ourselves. We must set ourselves apart. We must clean our our heart up. I don't know about you, but I want to be in His will. Because I know if I'm in His will, I'm, I'm where He is. Amen. We must confront our sin. You can't take sin into God's will. God's not going to take you to the next chapter until you start doing what you're supposed to in this chapter. Everybody says, I want a better job that pays me more. You don't do what God told you to do with the job that you got. Everybody says, I want, uh uh-oh, Lord forgive me. Y'all don't throw the book at me. Lord, I want to get married. I need a man in my life. I'm trying not to look at people that said this to me. I need a girl in my life, man. What about you? When you get you right, maybe God will give you somebody else. Can I just speak freely, amen? When you get you right, God will send you somebody else. Amen. Amen. What is it that you hadn't conquered and God's saying, hey, when you get that taken care of, I'll give this to you. Sanctify yourself. Clean up what God's put his finger on. Amen. Let me ask you this question. What is it in your life you need to leave so that you can step into the will of God? What is it that's binding you and limiting you from stepping into this new chapter in your life? You need to get rid of it. You need to confront it. 
You need to treat the devil like he wants to treat you. What's the Bible say about the devil? Steal, kill, and destroy. You need to treat him like he's going to treat you. Steal, kill, and destroy. Amen? Better take a hold of it. Number one, completely separate yourself. Number two, confront your sin. Number three, confidently stand. Confidently stand. Check this out in verse number 17 of chapter number 3. The Bible says, well, let's go to, let's go to chapter, verse number 15. As they that bear the ark were coming to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark, listen to this, were dipped into the brim of the water, for the Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of the harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon an heap very far from the city Adam, that is beside Zaratan and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people passed over right against Jericho. The Bible says that as soon as the priest's foot dipped in the water, that the Jordan River stopped flowing up above them, and it stopped flowing beneath them. And the Bible says just like the miracle of the Red Sea, it happened again. And they walked across on dry ground. Now I want to say this. The waters did not part until the priest stepped. Amen. This ain't a part of my sermon, but it fits right in with my sermon. Amen. Amen. You must step if you're going to see a miracle. Good. God's not going to do the miracle and then let you just act like it was. You got to have faith. If you're going to live in the will of God, you've got to be willing to step out on faith and trust that whatever happens, even if he doesn't part the waters, he's going to make sure you get to the other side. And so they walk across on dry ground. The Bible says that the priest stepped in. And the Bible says that in verse number 17, and the priest that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, listen to this, stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. I'm going to stop right here and say this. Did anybody, in, I know there is, how many of y'all in here went to Israel with, when I went? Anybody in here? All right. How many of y'all remember when we went to the Jordan River, okay, and we all got dunked in that freezing cold water, okay? And remember those crazy people over there, we ain't even going to talk about them, okay? Y'all know what I'm talking about. It was pretty cool, though. I, they had, like, little white doves flying around everywhere. It was pretty cool. Honestly, it was pretty cool. The water was not clear at all. It was muddy. And it was cold. I don't even know why I just told y'all all that, but I want to tell y'all this. <laughs> the reason I brought it up was where we went down into that river, Jake, is right here where this was. Because if you remember... Right after we left the Jordan, where did we eat lunch? Like five minutes away. Jericho. So we literally like all got baptized and then we literally like drove across the street to Jericho, all right? And uh, as I was reading this, I'm like, hey, this is like close to where we were. And I told my dad that and he's like, yeah, dummy, that's why Nasser took us there, okay? <laughs> he's like, he told us that. And I'm like, I don't remember that, but it, hey, it's okay, all right? 
anyway, it was just cool. I was reading my Bible and I was thinking like, man, I, I don't know how close I was, but I was pretty close. As they crossed over, this is the point I wanted to, to, to show you right here that I thought was very awesome. The priest stepped into the water. The water parted. They walked across. The priest didn't keep walking. The Bible says that the priest stood in the middle of the river on dry ground until all of Israel crossed over. That's a long time. We're talking about a lot of people that are crossing over this river, and the priest stood the entire time. And this is what I wanted to, to, uh, to bring out that I thought was a great point, is that there's a lot of people that ain't standing no more. There's a lot of people that get tired. There's a lot of, of Christians that get tired and they get worn out and they, they say, I'm burned out. We need some Christians that will stand. We need some Christians that will stand because the Bible says as soon as the priest stepped out of the river... The water went back. There's some people that are counting on us to stand. There's some people that are counting on you to stand. There's some people that need you to do what you've always done. You say, well, I've always... You need to keep doing it. Keep standing for God. Well, you just don't understand. My, my job don't like it. You keep standing. Well, you just don't like it. My friends at school, they don't understand. You just keep standing, amen. Because there's people that are counting on you. To get to the other side, let me ask you this question. Are you standing tonight? Are you standing? Or have you compromised? And then lastly, we must carry a stone. We must carry a stone. In chapter number 4 and verse number 4, the Bible says, Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had, to, he had prepared of the children of Israel out of the, every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder according unto the number of tribes of the children of Israel that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in times to come saying, What mean ye these stones? How cool is this? This just jumped out at me. God tells Joshua, He said, I want you to pick one man out of every tribe, and I want you to instruct them to go into the Jordan and pick up a stone and put it on their shoulder and carry it and stack them up as a memorial so that when your children ask you, their father, what are these stones about? You can tell them this is where God worked a miracle in our life. How can, we, how can we move forward? How can we move forward? This is how we can move forward. Some of us need to pick up a stone. Because there's people that are coming after you who's going to need to see that stone. There's some people that are coming after you that are going to look at that stone and that's going to be the testimony that helps them get through what they're going through. Now, I'm going to tell you this. The Bible says that they had to throw the stone on their shoulder. What does that mean? It was heavy. It was heavy. I'm not telling you. Listen, there's some leaders in this church, young and old and older. Amen. I ain't pointing no fingers. Miss Jennifer over here, she's getting a little wrong. No, I'm just kidding. There's some leaders in this church, and there's people that are looking up to you, and it is your job. 
to pick up a stone and stack it up somewhere so that one day you can carry somebody up over there and say, hey, look, I remember when I was young and just got married. I remember struggling that third year. I remember struggling that fifth year in our marriage. I remember struggling when we first had kids. I remember how hard it was at that time, but I promise you that. Look back on my life. Let me show you something that happened in my life. This is how God got me through it. Now, I ain't going to tell you that the stone is light. I've heard a preacher say one time, somebody came up to him and said, man, that's one of the best messages that I've ever heard. He said, one day I hope I can preach a message like that. And the old preacher looked at him and said, you don't want to have to go through what I had to go through for God to give me that message. You don't want to have to go through what I had to go through for God to give me that message. And some of us in here, that stone is heavy. And I'm not saying it's easy to go through what we've gone through. But that message, that stone, the message that is represented by that stone can help somebody. And it's up to you. It's up to you. I can't carry it for you. Are y'all with me? I can't carry it for you. And it's heavy. If you'll pick it up, if you'll carry it, God will use it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Isn't this wonderful? God told him, go pick up a stone, stack it up. And he even says, when your children ask you, then you shall answer them, that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. There's people that are going to be counting on you to carry a stone. Will your children know about the faithfulness of God? Will your grandchildren know about the faithfulness of God? My son, I love him. Y'all pray for him. He's been sick. I love to watch him play baseball. I think he's pretty good. He's little, but he's good. I love to watch him. I mean, he ain't here. Y'all don't tell him I said this. He's not the best hitter. Man, I love to watch him field the ball. I mean, his form is perfect, Nick. I mean, head down, fingers down. He knows how to do it. We get on the golf course. Every time we get on the golf course, I have people come over from two holes over. Tell that boy to tee one up. I want to see him hit another one. I can't believe he can hit the ball like that at his age. I'm like, how many of y'all dads, y'all know how I feel, right? Like, yeah, boy, get that tee back out. Show, show them how you knock that ball out there, boy. Huh? Am I the only dad that feels that way? He does something I'm proud of, right? But if all he could ever do is field a ground ball and hit a golf ball, I failed. Brother Dalton, why do you do what you do? Why, do you, why, did, why didn't you go to college and, and go and do all this? Why? God didn't call me to do that. God called me to do what I'm standing right here doing. Amen. And to the best of my ability, Y'all with me? I'm just carrying the stone that he's gave me. 
I'm just carrying the stone that he placed in that river years before I ever got here. Because he knew I was going to be the one to carry it. And God's put a stone in the river for you. You going to carry it? You going to carry that stone? Or somebody else going to have to carry the stone for you? I'd hate to know that my kid or my grandkid didn't know the faithfulness of God because I didn't do my part. Cool thing, a lot of us maybe not know, maybe some of y'all already knew this, this is great. Bible says, then Joshua, Bible, God told Joshua, said, hey, I want you to go stack up 12 stones all by yourself in the middle of the river. Y'all with me now? Hold up a minute. Everybody else gets to stack their stone outside the river. Their, their stone gets to get, everybody gets to see that. They don't get to see mine. Are y'all with me? What's cool is the Bible says that this was the time when the Jordan River flooded. This is the time of year. It was during the springtime. The Jordan River floods. He put those stones in the river, Brother Johnny, and I believe that the next time it got dry, and that river dropped, people were able to see those stones. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say there's going to be somebody that comes down the road that's in a famine, in a drought, that's struggling. And if you don't do your part, the testimony that God has called you to leave will not help them in their drought. What are you trying to say, Brother Dalton? This, this is the message. It's time to move on. But when you move on, carry a stone with you. As you go into the will of God, carry the testimony of how God brought you and from where God brought you with you so that your kids and your grandkids and your friends' kids and your cousins' kids and they come to you and say, hey, I didn't know who else to call. How can I make it through this? And this is what you can say. This is how God brought me through. Let me ask this question. I think this is kind of the message that God's driving home tonight. And I'm done. Will you carry the stone for the next generation? Will you carry the stone and stack it up for the next generation to be able to see the faithfulness of God. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. I'm thankful for your word. I'm thankful for your message. Lord, I, I'm thankful, Lord, that where you call me, you walk with me. Lord, there's times in my life where I was fearful to take that step. Lord, there's times in my life right now where I'm fearful to take that step. Lord, but I'm thankful that whatever you called me to, you will walk me through. God, I pray for every single person in this room tonight, young, old, 
Lord, help every single one of us to understand the responsibility that we all have. Lord, in helping be a testimony of the grace and mercy and faithfulness of God in our life. Lord, I'm so thankful that you have called us. I'm so thankful that we aren't in Egypt anymore. But we have an opportunity to live a victorious Christian life in your will. I pray that you'd help every single one of us tonight. Lord, every single one of us. Lord, give us a burden for the next generation. Lord, give us a burden for our kids. Give us a burden for our grandchildren. Lord, I know it's heavy sometimes, but Lord, help us to stand. Lord, help us to to do what you'd have us to do. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all you've given us. In Jesus' name. Every